Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Today's episode is part of the Fire Up Your Moxie chat series here on the show. These one-on-one chats with vivacious, tenacious, courageous, and gracious women are listener favorites and truly fill my soul tank as well. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine, Christine George. Christine is a marketing professional, real estate enthusiast, diehard Red Sox fan, mom, wife, and yogi. She grew up in the beautiful Berkshires of Western Massachusetts, where she visited her Sicilian great-grandmother on Sunday mornings and had dinner with her grandparents on Sunday afternoons. Her parents instilled family-loving, hardworking, truth-telling values in her brother and in her. She checked all the boxes along the way. She went to college, then graduate school, got a corporate job, moved to the West Coast, got another corporate job, moved back to the East Coast, took time off to travel, ran a marathon, and made tons of connections and amazing friends along the way. In 2001, Christina was injured and she found yoga, or as she says, yoga found her. Her practice eventually led her to a seven-year side hustle as a yoga teacher, then At 40 years old, she married the love of her life, and today they have a beautiful family that includes their son, Gil, and Molly, the fur baby. I'm so fired up for you to all meet her today to hear more of her story and learn all about her new passion project. So without further ado, let's dig into a conversation with Christine. Welcome, 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 Christine. Well, well, thank you so much. Um, Debra, it's great to be here, and I'm so honored um, that you would invite me to be part of this. I really, I really am. And um, before we even begin, can I just segue just, just a little bit? Of course, and it's your show. I, I really, it's, I really want to just plug you. Um, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today, I want to let you know, is has been inspired by you and the work that you do day in and day out, and how you lift all of us up every single day, starting on Monday mornings with your moxie affirmations and um, just the work that you do. I just want to recognize you for the hard work um, and the sass and the moxie that you put in every single day to make all of us better. So, Oh, thank you. Uh, My top two love languages are words of affirmation and acts of service. So they were both just tickled right there. So thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> so awesome. you, uh, you know, obviously everybody's learned a little bit about you from the intro. You've got so many different hats that you wear. You're an executive. You are a mama bear. You are a wife. You are a daughter. I mean, you have so many amazing roles. So give us an idea of what like where your biggest focus is right now in your, in your myriad of hats, what's going on? Oh gosh. You know, I think, um, it's, it's so changed. I mean, there's a lot of transition happening in my life right now. And I think, um, for, for so many years, it was all just about sort of my career and, you know, growing in that aspect of my life and becoming established. And since I had my son seven years ago, it kind of blew up my world. I mean, that really is, at the end of the day, the short answer to your question is, you know, he's really the focus. Um, You know, 
when I die, the biggest gift I guess I can leave is a happy, healthy, kind human being. And, and so that's the most important thing to me um, is raising a child who's, you know, going to be able to give back to the world and, and grow up to be happy and healthy. Um, but as you know, there's, there's so many other things that, you know, fuel us as women. Um, and it's really hard to compartmentalize those, you know, that's a, that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, I remember in maybe like year five of my marriage, one of my, one of my marriage mentors was like, have you read like women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles? And I was like, no, what is that? <laughs> it actually is a really great book because it talks about how, you know, women, like we are like bowls of spaghetti, like everything is entwined and delicious yes. and it's all connected. Whereas men yeah. are like, what well, little tiny little squares that you fill with butter and you put a little, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, and they're all compartmentalized and how yeah. we are that the feminine and the masculine are so different in that way. Yeah. Not that spaghetti would be delicious with waffles. Uh, <laughs> so like the eating part isn't delicious, but just that we're, we are so different and how we complement each other is so huge. So I absolutely get that. Um, that yeah. flows really beautifully into one of the fire up community's favorite questions that I ask. And that is how do you, Christine, define success? Um, that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> Um, success for me is really, you know, whether it's with my son or whether it's with uh, an agent in my firm or um, a friend or a colleague, it's, it, I, I feel the most successful and the most rewarded, I think, when I've been able to have a positive impact on somebody's life. So, you know, for example, I, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching with agents at my firm. Um, and when, when I can see a, an increase in their production, when I can see them reaching their goals, um, you know, not only business-wise, but also, you know, from a mindset perspective as well, um, when they're feeling more balanced in their life and they're also achieving those production goals, that's super powerful for me. Um, you know, as a, as a former yoga teacher, I mean, I think the thing that that made me feel incredibly rewarded was seeing the same student come back over and over and over again um, to my class because they were seeing these amazing changes happen, not only in their body, but also in their overall energy and in their, um, their attitude and the way that they approach their days and the relationships in their lives. Yeah. Um, those things make me feel really happy, really, really happy. I love that. Uh, I think that one of the most interesting things about this question is that nine times out of 10, it's related to someone else, right? That, yeah. that we've served someone well, that we've somehow helped someone step closer to a goal or, you know, help them achieve some lifelong dream. And uh, so I love that. I, I hear you. I completely appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think you know, that's where we are. We are each other's kindred right inside that. Totally. That. Totally. And I, and I feel like this, um, you know, not that I, I, not that I didn't think about these things as a younger woman, but I think one of the 
most beautiful things about growing older is this like rise in your consciousness, you know, this, this, this feeling of obligation to give back to other people, even if it's just a a smile at the grocery store, at the cashier at the grocery store, you know, it's, can I tell you this quick story? So my son um, read this book called, um, uh, have you filled your bucket or have, have, have you been a bucket filler or something like that? I can't remember the name. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and he came home and he, uh, he told me all about it, how, you know, when you fill somebody's bucket, it makes you feel good. But when you, um, uh, when you are not nice to somebody, you take away from their bucket. Um, and actually when you fill somebody's bucket, you're actually filling your own bucket too. And so we sort of have this thing in our house now, like every day he comes home from school and I say, what did, you know, did you fill anybody's bucket today? What did you do to fill somebody's bucket? It's really sweet. And, um, there's just such that simplicity of it that I, you know, I wish, you know, that, you know, as children learn these kinds of things, I wish we could just take those with us throughout our entire life and not be sort of affected by experiences that, you know, color, you know, our ability to be more open and more kind. Oh, so, so beautifully said. I, and I love that it's created a conversation starter between you and your son. I think that's, yeah. you know, uh, uh, compassion and empathy are so, have so been underrated in our society for so long. And I, I believe they're finally getting their day in the sun. And yeah. in particular for the men in our lives, right? They've traditionally been taught a very different way of thinking. And so yeah. that's super duper exciting. Um, I love that. And, and I love, you know, you and I have had this conversation before. There are so many women who are in our generation who had children later, right? We didn't have mm-hmm. kids in our 20s. We had kids in our late 30s and in our 40s. And I really believe that there is a level of enlightenment that is blessing these children who are being raised by confident, collaborative, connected women and men. And I I love it. I, I can't, I can't imagine the beautiful impact because we've, I don't think we've ever seen it before. So it would be fun to see, you know, in 20 years, right? Like how, how is he in relationship with women in his world? How, you know, what does that look like? How does, you know, how does that change how they interact? Cause you, you even see it just on TV or even on social media with these parents who are telling the story of these like outrageously compassionate children who are gathering coats and raising money and, you know, helping rescue dogs, things, things that I, I think kids have always had that heart. I just think parents have never had the patience to nurture that. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because, um, I was listening to a podcast. Do you ever listen to Oprah's super soul conversations? Oh, you know, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So she was having a conversation with an author named, um, David Gold. Um, yeah, David Goldman. He wrote, um, a book called emotional intelligence. Oh yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's been out there a while. And um, I loved this particular piece that he was talking about, which is, you know, when you and I were growing up and even before us, 
um, kids were measured by their IQ and they were sort of, um, you know, you know, stated that they would be successful based on their IQ and their, you know, high level of academia. Yeah. And yet, you know, what's being taught in schools today is, is this element of, of social, social um, awareness and social um, independence and emotional, social and emotional um, intelligence. Yeah. And it's so interesting. He, you know, he made a point. He said, you know, it will be really interesting to see these young children who are being taught this as an early, at an early age when they're 30 years old, just like you were talking about, how will they be able to cope with disappointment um, versus those of us who didn't grow up being taught sort of this emotional intelligence? And it's a really interesting point. Um, I think it is because whether you were a boy or a girl when we were growing up, emotions were somewhat frowned upon. Yeah. And, and even from the, like for girls, it was like, you know, oh, don't cry, you know, yep. don't cry. And, and boys were called sissies or even worse if they cried. Right. And it was right. like this, that like the dirty side of being a girl was crying and dares to boy yep. there was such emotion. And, and I don't, I, I really, you know, there is no shame in the generations before us who raised children the way they raised because they did the best they had with what they knew right. in that moment. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, that's also a really important thing for all of us to remember is that they're, you know, our moms and our grandmas and our great grandmas, they, they didn't set out to, you know, mess with us or create emotionless <laughs> automatons or, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever, but they, you know, they were doing the truly the best that they could. And as, as we honor each generation that comes after us as well, it's like, there's some things that the younger generation does that, you know, drive, I mean, my parents, oh my gosh, some of the things that the millennials do drive my parents nuts. And I'm like, well, yeah. I think it's because they're kind of a mirror reflection of you when you were that age. But, ah, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about something else. <laughs> uh, I think so it's true. more like that age is yeah. is the issue, not the actual generation. Uh, but um, you know, I I, I digress. Yeah, uh, I hear you. But I think I that, you. you know uh, where you're going with that is such a beautiful. It's it's a conversation that we all need to have over and over again, which is. Yeah. There are, there are many ways to be a successful human on this planet. It is not all related to your grades and your academic standing. It is yep. also about emotional intelligence and your ability to engage and be empathetic and compassionate. Yes. It's, yes. it's so important. And self-aware, and you, oh, you know, so self-awareness is so much so important because it's at the, it's the point where you can set your ego aside. Yeah. Um, and begin to have that empathy and that compassion for other people and to be able to see that person who you're in conflict conflict with for who they are as a human yeah. um, and potentially look at the situation from their perspective. It's not easy. It's really hard to do, especially when you're caught up in the moment. Yeah. Um, but if you can turn that awareness on, it can bring it down and just level the whole thing so that you can connect as human beings and solve whatever conflict is among you. And I think we need that now more than ever in the environment that we're living in. Completely, you know, and uh, we don't talk deep in politics on the fire up podcast, but you know, one of the things that I've said multiple times over the last <clears throat> two years 
is that there, is, there are so many lessons we learned and that we continue to learn about self-awareness or yeah. lack thereof in a leader. Uh, we've learned how to come together as a community. We've learned to surround each other and to be more empathetic and compassionate, I think, than ever before. Yeah. Because yeah. of what but many people don't want to see in themselves that they see in, yes. in the leadership. And, and so I think part of that is emotional intelligence, right? It isn't just going, oh, my person didn't win and this stinks and, you know, all yeah. men stink. And, you know, this, yeah. these like big, huge statements where we can say like, okay, so we're in a season where we're not super happy about yeah. something, but what are the good things? And the good things are, wow, we are coming together like never before. We are yeah. stepping into really being compassionate with each other and talking yeah. to our children about it. And, you know, we don't know what it would be like if there was a different result um, yeah. back when we were all casting our votes, but it doesn't matter because what we have now is also good in a totally different way. Yeah. <laughs> so, a way that you wouldn't expect. No. And, for sure. and in a way in, in where that, that whole community doesn't expect, you know, and yeah. I think that to me is such a beautiful part of being human is yeah. we aren't getting what we wanted, but we're getting what we needed. And yes, that's probably been where we, we wouldn't be where we are today if things went a different way. And I love yes. that. I think I, that's pr probably one of my favorite like surprises over the last couple of years is just to yeah. see how so many people have come together and, and really sh are shining a light on rising together. Right. Yeah. And, and really taking this time of reckoning in a way that is positive and not negative. That is shining a light on what we want more of, not what we don't like. And it's exactly. so gorgeous. I love it. It's a, it really is amazing. And it, and it speaks to your entire mission um, with, you know, the, the power up, the um, group that we have, the, you know, the fire up podcast and the women up movement that's, you know, that you're a big part of it. I think it's gaining so much momentum because of this, you know, because there is a need to band together and do something that has greater meaning than us as individuals. And so it's, it's exciting. It's super exciting to be it a part is. of. It is so exciting. You know, and the conversations that you and I have had about woman up, even from the very beginning where you're like, okay, so what is this thing that you're involved in? And what does that look like? And, you know, I think uh, the beauty of what we're doing there is we're leading by example. We're saying, mm -hmm. we understand that it is hard to set privilege aside. We get that it's painful. We get that it's hard to step aside or or to even figure out how to create more space and add another couple of chairs. We understand that and we're no longer fighting that. We're gonna show you what a beautifully balanced table looks like. And we're gonna invite people who are currently doing you know, ownership, people who want to be owners and everyone who wants to support them all at the same table, regardless of what gender you are, what experience you have, what, whatever is your label du jour, we don't care. Yeah. Like yep. it's irrelevant to us. It, the the yep. point uh, that brings us together is the mission. And that is yes. supporting and bringing women together to help them become the best version of themselves. In this case for woman up, it's to become a broker owner. That's what they really yeah. want to be an executive leader like you to own their own brokerage. It's 
it's simple and it's showing by example. And I think that the more we do that as women and men, the more we come together and bring that masculine and feminine energy to the table and show people the power, the people who are kind of holding on to that privilege who are holding on to their seat and don't want mm-hmm. to scoot over and make room, they're going to go, oh, I'm missing out. I need to exactly. Sit. They're going to have some serious FOMO. <laughs> You're going to have FOMO. <laughs> so awesome. I love that. Well, and you know what's so, so funny is all of these things that we're talking about really weave into the three words you chose for yourself. And I loved the three words that you chose, which were positive, collaborative, and responsible. And yeah, so let's, let's talk about those for a second. So positive, obviously anybody who's listening right now can hear just this beautiful divine spirit inside you and, and your positivity. But why did you choose the word positive for yourself? You know, um, well, thank you. I mean, I guess in my own evolution, um, I, I just feel like we have a choice in how we feel how we go about our day, how we interact with people. Um, we have a choice in whether or not we're happy. Um, you know, we really, really do. And I feel as though I'm going to choose to be happy and, and positive and to do the best that I can and be the best person that I can every single day in whatever capacity I happen to be in. I'm also like, I hate conflict. Um, I hate it. You're so funny. I absolutely hate it. And so, um, and I don't know really too many people who enjoy conflict, conflict, but I really do hate it. So I tend to be a pleaser. Um, I think what I told you was that I tend to be joy in the movie, um, inside out. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's a great, it's great, right? Because joy is this like always wanting everything to be happy, never wanting to have any sadness and there's a place for sadness, you know, yeah. there's a place for, you know, allowing whatever you're feeling to feel, have yeah. those feelings. But, um, the point about those feelings is to be able to, you know, push through them, you know, to, to get through them, um, not to walk around them or over them or underneath them, but to get through them right. so that you can ha- ha- be happy on the other side of it and more enlightened. Completely. You know, the, uh, I always give the analogy of, in Winnie the Pooh, there was Winnie the Pooh, there was Rabbit, there was Eeyore, you know, and, and Eeyore on his own was kind of a sad, mopey, oh, bother, it's raining. Yeah. However, yeah. he, whenever he was around Pooh and whenever he was around Piglet, like he, there was a, a level up in his joy. There was, you know, he would yeah. sit and have a piece of cake. He would put a birthday yeah. hat on. Like that's part of what makes our, you know, our tribes or our lioness prides so incredibly important is that yeah. we all do have a, a basic kind of baseline emotion that is bigger than the rest. You know, mine is definitely firing people up. It is, you you don't come to me if you want a very zen, you know, cry on my shoulder experience. That just does not happen. I'm, it's just a reality, right? Like if you're coming to me with something that's going on with you, I'm going to be like, all right, let's get out the dry erase pen. I I don't care if there's a board around here, we use a window or a sliding glass door. Like let's nail this. Like, let's get you unstuck. Let's create some clarity yes. in this chaos so that yep. you have your next, you know, five or, or 11 steps. 
like that is, that is the emotion and the feeling that I bring to the table. And I think that you bring a beautiful, uh, a, a beautiful positive energy to the table, but yours is not, I don't think, I mean, joy was super sweet, but I think you also have a very realistic side to you where, yeah. and, and maybe realistic isn't, maybe it's more logical. Right. Yeah, it's like, practical. I'm pretty practical. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think that that's probably where responsible comes into. Right. Yeah. Um, but but you, so it's not, it's not like, um, you know, unicorns pooping Skittles. Right. Oh no, it's, it's not, like, I'm not Pollyanna. No. Yeah. Uh, For it's, sure. it's real positivity. And I think that that's what is so attractive right, is because it's so authentic. And what you see is what you get online, what you get in person, what you get on email. It's, it is a very positive vibe. So I totally appreciate that. So let's talk about collaborative, because I think this is a really fun word that we're starting to hear more and more and more inside, not only the real estate space, but yeah, the planet in general. I think oh, we're, we're like, oh, what does that mean? So yeah, I mean, I... I love collaboration. I mean, I, there is nothing I love more than sitting at the table with a diverse group of, of thinkers and problem solving something. Um, I, I think everybody brings a very unique perspective, um, experience, knowledge, creativity. And I think that Whatever it is that we are focused on, whether it's um, a mission or, or a goal or whatever it is, the more perspectives and the more information and the more creativity and the more minds that we can apply to it, the better the solution is going to be, the better Amen. the outcome is going to be. Amen. I, I just, you know, I feel like my perspective is this big. Um, but it can be amazing when you bring a group of people together. Um, and, yeah. and it, you need to be, people need to be open to that. So um, that really fires me up when, when, you know, when I can collaborate with a group of people who are all focused on the same mission, but, but are bringing in different ideas. I love it. Completely. Well, and you know, what's so beautiful about what you're talking about. And when we're talking about bringing the feminine and the masculine to the table, you know, masculine energy has always been known as kind of like very ego driven. And this is my idea. And we talk a lot about how um, at uh, diverse tables, men are starting to realize that they'll basically repeat what a woman just said and, <laughs> and kind of repackage it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we call it JBing in our world. Cause we, Andrew and I used to work with a, a person with, those initials and he would always do that. <laughs> oh, like, oh okay. um, yeah. He became like a, a verb, <laughs> um, but that, it, but it's a real thing. And, and I think that it's so beautiful that the feminine uh, side of those conversations is finally becoming bold enough to say, you know, I, that's happening to me and I don't yes. really like it and I don't want to have experienced that anymore. And that the, the masculine's coming right alongside going, Oh yeah, I didn't realize I was doing that before. And yeah. that, you know, more companies are employing even improv actors to come in and help them understand how to communicate in meetings. The, instead of yes, but it's yes. And yes. Right? Like, yeah. yes, it's a great idea. And I could see us doing this and that and, yes. and where, where it's, it's building as opposed to crushing. And I, I love seeing that trend completely mm -hmm. 
shifting how business has been run for so long with a tiny, tiny little pivot like that. One little three-letter word replaced with another little three-letter word can do all kinds of things. And I'd love to see, you know, the stats on um, results with a collaborative effort versus a singular effort. I mean, you know, I, I think when a group of people are all collaborating on a solution, then everybody feels ownership of it and everybody feels like it's their responsibility to drive it forward. And when you win, everybody feels that piece of satisfaction. Yes. Um, It's powerful. It's really powerful. powerful. Well, you know, I was listening to a a podcast this morning. I want to say it was TD Jakes. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it. He's like a fiery preacher, but he was talking about collaboration and he was talking about um, how (laughs) seriously something as simple as how you see and perceive other people is incredibly connected to your success. So great people, highly successful people see others through the lens of collaboration, not competition. And if you just, if you sit in that, if you kind of like ruminate that for a minute, right? Like marinate in that thought, you're like, oh my gosh, that's huge. And that collaboration is about great, successful people coming together and, and being okay with somebody else in the room who is also great and successful. Yep. And, and really being able to embrace that, that lens, if you will, of uh, really seeing people as collaborators as opposed to your competition. And I, again, see that as a very feminine trait and it doesn't mean women only, uh, it just means a very, it's, it's got a feminine energy to it. And I think that's, you know, one of the things I used to travel with a group called Lexi, that was a women, women leadership uh, conference and time after time, year after year, we would send out these, you know, uh, surveys, questionnaires, whatever, uh, and ask people like what they're battling with, like in their career, what do they think is holding them back? And things like, mentoring, things like networking. They just felt so uncomfortable in those situations. They didn't know how to ask for a mentor. They felt awkward in networking. But when we talked about connection and collaboration, they were like, they leaned in. It's like the same words, (laughs) Mm -hmm. just a different energy around them. And I think that that's such a, again, one of those positives as to what's happening with energy on our planet and our country that we can say, you know, amen and hallelujah. Like people are actually leaning more towards these words and coming together and it's not, not in a kumbaya way, but in a, like, let's get some shiz done people. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So before before we scoot on, let's talk about responsible because I loved how you said it's not the sexiest word, Uh, but I, I do think it is. I do think it is sexy. You know, I think that there, you know, we need responsibility. Otherwise we have, you know, a bunch of creatives running around, you know, with all these wonderful ideas, but nobody's getting anything done. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it, um, I guess I've always been, oh, I, just so you know, we might hear a dog barking. So I apologize. Um, Fire up communities totally used to that. I know, right? The UPS man is pulling up in my driveway right now. So we'll see if the dog hears that. Um, 
you know, part of it is my upbringing. I am the eldest child brought up in a Catholic family. Um, so I've always been told I'm responsible. I've always been expected to be responsible. Um, you know, so I am incredibly reliable. I, I am, I take responsibility for every role that I have and I, and it, you know, I, I take it deeply, you know, um, but at this stage of my life, what it really means is, you know, owning not just the responsibility of the doing, but taking responsibility for the mistakes that happen along the way as well. Yes. Um, you know, like taking ownership of mistakes that are made, being transparent and open about it. Um, as a leader, I think that's so critically important in building trust with your people, your tribe, your staff, your employees, whoever it might be, your team. Um, and it just, it builds your credibility. People feel like you're human, yes. you're accessible, you're, um, you know, oh, she can make mistakes and own it and then change her behavior or change what it is that went wrong and, and learn from it then it's okay for me to make a mistake too, you know, um, and learn from it. It's, so that's really responsible I for love me that. at this, this point in my life. And I, I think that you're, you're absolutely right that, you know, I think the, the, the older we are blessed to be, mm-hmm. the easier it is for us to see the beauty of failure. Yes. And, and, <sighs> You know, I think that's also something that children like your son are going to benefit from in having parents who are, it isn't about, you know, like, tell me all the wins today, son. Yeah. You know, where it's like, you know, yeah. what, what went wrong today? Like, where did you fail today? Like, how, what yeah. lessons can we learn from that? And, you know, I remember listening to, I, um, it was Sarah Blakely, right? The Sphinx gal. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that shares the story about how like every day her dad would ask her like what, what her biggest failure was. And if she didn't have one, like she was, she was like desperate to fail at something so that she had something to tell her dad. Right. Yeah. And, and that just shifted her entire paradigm around making mistakes and failing. And, you know, that's, he was at well ahead of his time. Right. Yes. Having those conversations with his daughter, yeah. Uh, thank you so much, you know, to him, but that, I know. We, well, some, some of the women are thankful for Spanx. Some of them aren't depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Intent uh, of him helping her see the beauty in that, the, the beauty of you saying, you know, part of where I feel very responsible is creating a safe space for that and where people can not only feel comfortable in their own, but that they can see mine. I can be vulnerable in mine. And that transparency helps people shine brighter in their moments of failure and, and really, Absolutely. you know, kind of paying it forward. I think that's so beautiful. So how about the best piece of advice you have ever received? Um, it is the same for me every single time. I think you and I have talked about this a couple of times. Yeah. You know, I, when you first asked me this question a couple of years ago, I like dug deep. I'm like trying to find it, you know, what's the best piece of advice. And it's always been like right here in front of me. My mother always said, just be true to yourself. Mm. Um, you know, whenever I was in, in a tough situation in conflict with a friend, trying to make a tough decision, whatever it might be, 
always be true to yourself. And I think when you're young, you're afraid to be true to yourself because you're afraid that people won't like you or won't accept you. Yeah. Um, and then when you're, you know, young in your career, you're afraid to be true to yourself because you're afraid you won't make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as women working in a very male dominated, dominated, you know, uh, industry as I was in, in the food business, in the consumer products business, um, you're afraid. And that is the biggest disservice you can give yourself is to be afraid of who you are at the core. Um, So thank God she told me that. Um, Even though I didn't always lean into it, um, I definitely lean into it now. I I do my very best every day not to put on any kind of airs about who I am. What you see is what you get. Um, And and I'm going to proceed with, you know, living my life the way that I, that makes me feel the happiest. So I think that's so beautiful. And I think that, that is one of the reasons when, you know, we've had, we've had these conversations over the years and, and, you know, you, you love serving the agents that you serve. You love the, you know, your colleagues. However, there's always been this, like, hmm, this, this soul tank calling, right? Your yeah. soul calling, like, you know, what about me? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> serving everyone else. What about me? And so I would love for you to share what you're cooking up uh, for your, your, yeah. your passion project, really, uh, and, you know, share with the fire up community, what that is, you know, why yeah. you decided to do that. You know, give us, give us the skinny. Oh my God. So, um, so thank you for that setup. So I am like over the moon about this project. Um, and it's, it's not revolutionary, but it's super close to my heart. Um, I have been really soul searching for the last couple of years. Um, you know, I love my work. I love my career. I love being a mom. Um, but there has been a lot of transition in my life over the last couple of years. And I have just had a really hard time trying to figure out how to manifest that. And, um, you know, just, just how to, how to cope with it in a really honorable way. Um, so I am starting a blog. I have, it's called believeinbalance.net. Um, I would love it for anybody who's, who's interested in learning more about it. You can go to believeinbalance.net and sign up to be a part of our newsletter. I'll be sending the, the blog once a week through email. Um, and it's just super, it's super close to me. I mean, the reason for the blog is um, it's really written for women, primarily women, and of course the men who support those women, um, to inspire them to feel sort of this sense of togetherness. I think when we're going through transition or different stages of life, heartache, um, you know, good things, um, we tend to keep them inside. we don't always want to portray that there's something tough going on in our life. Um, sometimes we don't even always know. We just know that we don't feel right. We feel a little yeah. bit off. Yeah. And so we don't really talk about it. Um, so my hope is that by sharing my own real life experiences, um, you know, I can inspire other people to feel like they're not alone. Right. Um, it's all about inspiration and empowerment. And so I want women to feel empowered 
to get through whatever these transitions are happening in their lives and to also know that they can achieve whatever it is that they've, you know, set their heart to. So, so I'm super excited. It's launching on March 3rd. I love that. I love that so much because there's, you know, I guess it's probably been about a year now since on, you know, on our little secret, sacred space, we were talking about, you know, women and this kind of revolution around the, the gray wave and women stepping up and realizing that they were spending a Hawaiian vacation every year on their hair and, and that they realized it really wasn't what they wanted. It was somebody else kind of wanted them to do it or, or they thought they just had to. And, and I, I have loved watching this, this reinvention for you of going from, you know, dyeing your hair to embracing this gorgeous silver uh-huh. crown you have. I mean, yeah. hair is, I mean, and the thing <laughs> is so funny, like my mom and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago about, I've got nieces who are in their twenties and they're always like sharing photos of, Oh, I really want to do this to my hair. And it's all gray. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, these, these young girls are now spending Hawaiian vacation money on becoming gray. (laughs) I know it's crazy. I have a step niece who is stunningly gorgeous. She's 22 and she's got beautiful blonde hair and she has dyed it gray. I said, Brenna, you know, you spent a lot of money on yours. Mine is just what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, it's super funny. In fact, I just wrote, um, uh, the six stages of turning gray, uh, in one of my blog posts. So that'll be coming probably closer to the end of March, but it really is about letting go. Um, it's about going back to what my mother said, being true to who you are. Um, you know, and I don't fault anybody for coloring your, their hair. I did it for 20 years, 25 years. And um, it's when it was no longer a choice for me, it became a chore yeah. that I just made the decision to, to you know, let it go um, natural. And it was very freeing, but it was scary. It, and it's been scary. And even now, I still, every now and then I catch a look in the mirror and I go, holy cow, who is that person? Um, but, you know, it's been a, an overall a really positive experience. Yes. Around. Well, and I know this is a podcast, so y'all can't see this gorgeous mane, but you will in the show notes because it, that, and that's just it. You know, like you stepped out and you did something that was against the norm, especially yeah. in, in, you know, the women of Gen X and older. Mm-hmm. space, right? We've always been kind of taught that this is a, something you have to do and not something that, that you get to do. And so if yes. you feel like I have to do this, maybe it's time to, uh, you know, rethink that strategy. And I think that's going to be the fun part about what you're talking about on your blog is that it's inspiring with real stuff, right? It's not, yeah. it's not fluff. It's not like, Oh, go rah, rah. It's like, here's what I'm going through. Like yeah. help a sister out. Like have you experienced yeah. it? And, and I love, I love the name. We'll be sure to of course drop a link into the show notes so that everybody Thank can you. sign up and get the RSS feed to their inbox and, and participate. Now, are you going to have, uh, are you going to integrate this into your personal Instagram handle or are you going to create a separate one? Have you thought about that yet? That's a great question. Um, I did create a Facebook business page, um, 
but everything else will be um, integrated into my personal page, my Pinterest, my Instagram, and my Twitter will all be, it'll all be integrated into that, into my personal pages. So nice. yeah, great nice. question. That's, that's beautiful. I yeah. love that. Okay. So as, as we get, um, as we get geared to, to bring our conversation to an end, boo. Uh, I know, <laughs> you know, we, we obviously have the link to your website, but are there other places that people can get connected to you? Do you have like the one place you send to everyone? Because I am sure people are going to want to get to know you more through visual, yeah. through posts, et cetera. So where do you want them to go to find you? Yeah, that's a great question. So really Facebook is my, um, is my social media vehicle of choice. Um, so they can find me on Facebook at Christine Carlo George, which is my, my maiden name is in the middle there. Christine I love Carlo. that. Yes. Well, it makes it, e makes you easy to find because yes. Christine George, there's a few of you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the very last question I love to ask is what does Moxie mean to you? Oh, when you asked me that question, the first thing that came to mind was chutzpah. You know, it's like having the courage to be bold um, and put yourself out there um, and, and just to, you know, it's like, you know, throw your arms in the air and say, hello world, I am here. Amen. I love that. Chutzpah always reminds me of the word gumption as well, which is yes. a total synonym for, for moxie as is pluck. You know, these, these words from like old Hollywood movies and yeah. I love it. So I love that it means chutzpah and being bold and courageous because of course, you know, courageous is a huge part of the mission that we have around here in the Moxie studio. So I really appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing more of yourself with the community, for sharing time with me for telling this amazing new chapter to the fire community. I am so excited for them to join you. Uh, one more shout out on uh, the link. It is believeinbalance.net. Again, we will yes. the show notes, but believeinbalance.net. You're going to love it. You're going to love the logo. It's so awesome. It's so and pretty. It's so pretty, 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 pretty. I love it. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us thank you. today. Thank you, everyone who listened to the end. We love you. We appreciate every single second you share with us. If Absolutely. you've got questions, of course, you can click to the show notes and jump onto the blog where you can ask questions. Of course, you can tag uh, Christine over on Facebook as well as myself. And we would love to continue the conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you have any questions on the chat, know someone who would be perfect for the show or would like to connect with me, please visit DebraTrapin.com and fill out the connect form. Darlings, until next time, remember to look for and be open to moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world. <laughs>